You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series. My name is Peter Dredge and joining me is Madeline Pardon. Madeline is a PhD candidate at James Cook University. Madeline's research uses psychological perspective to understand how people think and behave in the water security context. And we're discussing understanding threat perceptions to help inform environmental communications. Welcome, Madeline. Hello, Peter. Thanks for having me. Now, Madeline, the research you conducted looked at the complexities of communicating environmental threat information, specifically in relation to water security threats. Can you give me some background to the research? So speaking broadly, my research uses health behaviour change models and social marketing techniques to examine individual threat perceptions with the intention of developing more effective communication strategies. Uh, More specifically, it focuses on how individuals perceive and respond to water security threats in at-risk communities. So for example, regions such as Townsville located in North Queensland, uh, and it provides recommendations for future environmental threat communications in that water security context. Tell me a little bit about the um, candidates that you identified for the research and a little bit of the makeup of that body of people. So I wanted to get an Australian-wide sample. So I managed to get 418 people from Australia to participate in my research. And the majority of those actually were from the Townsville region. And I guess that's because I'm from Townsville myself. So to give a bit of perspective, Townsville is located in far north Queensland in a region known as the Dry Tropics. And usually we'd experience a really big wet season once a year. So water is a pretty big topic uh, for us up here. Tell me initially the study that you undertook and how that uh, took a a slight turn or or broadened. So my first study for my PhD was trying to understand individual perceptions of water and how that influenced individual behaviour. And what I was really interested in was the water security issue of drought. And that was mainly because Townsville was experiencing um, drought at the time. And when I finished that study, quite literally, the day I took it down and decided to stop recruiting, um, the heavens opened in the Townsville region and we experienced significant rainfall. And almost within a number of days, we were experiencing extreme flooding. Um, So by complete coincidence, my PhD um, was able to gather the perspectives of people within a severe drought period and then again um, in an extreme flood. I want you to explain for our audience, the difference that you're examining between perceptions that are close to home and those that are you know, far away. I wanted to understand how people actually perceive water and whether those perceptions change based on previous exposure to water security issues uh, and also location, because quite a few people don't actually think about water or at least explicitly think about it. So I wanted to know whether those perceptions actually do change um, as a result of those things. So. What I did was create two scenarios. One was far in terms of space and time, and that's a water security issue uh, impacting Australia as a whole in the future. Uh, And then the other was close. So for example, a water security issue that was impacting your community um, and was impacting that community right now. So I wanted to see if that changed the way we made decisions around water or perceived water in general. Fascinating. So let's dig into some of the conclusions that you came to. What's the first thing you tell people um, that you discovered through this research? So although I examined all of Australia um, and even each state, I think the thing that was the most interesting about this research was those who were not from Townsville. um, So those who hadn't just experienced those two extreme weather events actually had higher threat perceptions about 
water security issues than those who were in Townsville. So as I said before, Townsville had just been exposed to these significant water security issues. So it went from drought to flooding uh, quite quickly. So from my understanding, it could be that uh, the Townsville residents are actually more resilient or have that I've survived it before mentality. Um, and it's really interesting in that these people who actually experienced these events had a shift in terms of their perceptions um, and not in the way we'd expect. So that's quite concerning from a communications perspective. And then more generally, what did you find about threats uh, that are close to home versus threats that are far away? More generally, I found that individuals had higher threat perceptions after exposure to that fire scenario. So that was the scenario that was talking about Australia as a whole and an event that was happening in the future. So people found that more threatening than something that was actually close to home or that close scenario. And I think that's because threats described in the future may actually be perceived as less predictable uh, and less controllable, I suppose. So that might be more concerning for some as opposed to something that is closer and that we feel we could actually immediately act to reduce the negative effects of. Is it because something's further away that I have less control over it, therefore I'm more fearful? Yeah, I guess because the risks are unknown. They're less predictable. Uh, we have less certainty about them, so that may make people feel a little bit uneasy and they don't know just how to deal with it yet. Can you explain also how you drill down in the categories of threat susceptibility as well as threat severity? So in this context, threat susceptibility can be defined more broadly as how susceptible you think you are to the negative effects of a water security event. So for example, a drought or a flood. Um, threat severity is how severe you think that event is. So threat in its general sense is whether we perceive something as dangerous or harmful, but then breaking it down into severity and susceptibility makes it a little bit uh, easier to contextualize. So that's how you think it is or how you, bad you think it is, and then how susceptible you are to it. So how likely it will actually affect you. How is this going to inform more effective communications relating to environmental issues? How people perceive water security issues, I think we can agree, at least from this study, uh, is really quite complex. And as much as we'd like to say that people have this inherent desire to protect their environment or conserve natural resources, uh, in reality, not everyone thinks that way. So learning about people's perceptions and how that influences their behaviour, I think is a necessary step for those in the industry. And as I said before, we really don't give much thought uh, about water or at least explicitly. And if we do start considering uh, these perceptions and then how that influences our behaviour, I think we could make more effective decisions around how such resources are actually managed and used within our community, uh, particularly in at-risk communities like Townsville. And have you been able to compare these results with any research undertaken outside of water in connection with other environmental issues? Uh, yes. So I've had a brief look at things like climate change in general and how perceptions about climate change influences our behaviours. So, for example, recycling. However, climate change is a whole other thing again, and it's a very broad issue and encompasses quite a lot of negative impacts. Uh, whereas something like water, it's a little bit different in that we need water to survive, but we're also charged for its use, So, or at least in some areas. So it's quite difficult to conceptualise. And as I said uh, before, people don't think about it in that way, but we almost should, or we at least should start considering these perceptions and determining how we use or manage the resource. What's your advice to 
marketing and communications professionals who find themselves trying to get through to, say, communities such as Townsville, uh, what advice do you give them about the techniques and, and devices and communications that they need to deploy? The advice I would give is just to consider previous exposure communities have had to such water security issues. Uh, I think it's really important that we don't treat every community the same, um, you know, particularly at risk communities like Townsville, who've had two significant water security issues in a really tight space. There's just no way we could implement the same communication strategies to encourage you know, conservation behaviour um, compared to another community who hasn't experienced water security issues like that ever before. And as I said before, communities who've had had these water security issues may be more resistant and therefore harder to shift in terms of their behaviour. So I think it really needs to be considered um, their previous exposure and we just can't treat everybody the same. What's next for you? Is there another piece of research that you're, you're already uh, crafting? Coming to the end uh, of my PhD journey now, but there's definitely more from me in this space. Uh, I've looked at things like clustering common characteristics of individuals in communities to see if this can be predictive of water conservation behaviour. Uh, I've also looked at other theories and dove deeper into specific constructs that we should add into communication around uh, water security threats as well. Well, if you continue to focus on the, the water sector, there'll be no shortage of work for you, I think, as we all know. I've been speaking with Madeline Pardon. Madeline is a PhD candidate at James Cook University, and we've been discussing understanding threat perceptions to help inform environmental communications. Thanks so much, Madeline. Thanks for having me.